Just a quick word of prayer. We've been praying all morning, but what's a little more? Elohei Avraham, Elohei Yitzhak, Elohei Yaakov, B'Shem Yeshua Mishikenu, God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob, in the name of Yeshua our Messiah. Abba, we come to you, Lord, today, Lord, thankful. Abba, that your mercy, Lord, is new every morning. Abba, that you are kind and compassionate, full of love, Lord, and Lord, full of grace. And Abba, I pray that you would speak to our hearts today, that you would challenge us and change us. And we ask it all in the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, and God's people said, Amen. Um, Again, I want to express my family's uh, best wishes for you in this uh, new year, that uh, you and yours would experience truly a sweet and blessed year in Messiah. Today, as we celebrate Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, um, as recorded uh, in the scriptures, it's known as Yom Teruah, the sounding of the shofar. And why on this day do we sound the shofar? Well, it's to usher in the Yamim Hanorim, the days of awe. It is to remember the binding of Yitzchak and the ram that God provided in place for Avraham's son. In this season, we remember the mercy of God that he had on um, Abraham and that the mercy of God is available to us in this season. Amen. The rabbi said, the commentary on Leviticus says that if then Isaac's descendant fall into sin and evil deeds, do thou make mention of the binding of Isaac and get up from the throne of judgment and sit down upon the throne of compassion and be filled with pity and turn the attribute of judgment into the attribute of mercy? In the Zikranot, the remembrance prayers of Rosh Hashanah, there is an appeal to God to remember the Akidah. Now, the Akidah is, means the binding, and it's referencing the story that we just read, the binding of Isaac. Listen to this prayer. Remember unto us, O Lord our God, the covenant and the loving kindness and the oath which you swore unto Avraham our father on Mount Moriah. And consider the binding with which Avraham our father bound his son Yitzhak on the altar. How he suppressed his compassion in order to perform your will with a perfect heart. So may your compassion overbear your anger against us. In your great goodness, may your great wrath turn aside from your people, your city, and your inheritance. With that in mind, let's read the story once again from Bereshit. Now it was after these things that God tested Avraham. He said to him, Avraham, Hineni, he said. Then he said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains about which I will tell you. So Avraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. 
He split wood for the burnt offering and got up and went to the place about which God had told him. On the third day, Avraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Avraham said to his young men, sit yourselves down here with the donkey. As for me and the young man, we'll go over there, worship and return to you. Then Avraham took the wood for the burnt offering and put it on Isaac, his son. And his, in his hand, he took the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked together. Then Isaac said to Abraham, his father, my father. Then he said, here I am, my son. He said, look, here's the fire and the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked together. Then they came to the place about which God had told him. And Abraham built the altar there, laid out the wood, bound up Isaac, his son, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Avraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of Adonai called to him from heaven and said, Avraham, Avraham. He said, Hineni. Then he said, do not reach out your hand against the young man. Do nothing to him at all. For now I know that you are one who fears God. You did not withhold your son, your only son, from me. Then Avraham lifted up his eyes, and behold, there was a ram just caught in the thick bushes by its horns. So Avraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Avraham named that place Adonai Yireh, as it is said today, on the mountain Adonai will provide. The angel of Adonai called to Avraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I swear... It is a declaration of Adonai because you have done this thing and you did not withhold your son, your only son. I will richly bless you and bountifully multiply your seed like the stars of heaven and like the sand that is on the seashore. And your seed will possess the gate of his enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you obeyed my voice. Then Avraham returned to his young men, and they got up and went together to Beersheba. And then Avraham dwelled in Beersheba. Wow. That is quite a story. What an account. Um, I think for most of us, we read it, we believe it's the inspired word of God, but I don't know if we really comprehend all that it entails. When we reflect about uh, Avraham Avinu, our father Avraham being the father of faith, just a meditation on that story alone lets us understand why he gets this title. But today I want to spend a few minutes so we could learn a few lessons from this accounting of the binding of Isaac. Like Avraham, we must show obedience to God's commands. This is the first lesson that we see in this passage. God told Avraham, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will tell you. We would like to think 
that we're obedient to God. Yet, I don't know how many of us, what we would even think if God asked that of us. Now, of course, we live in different times, but still, wow, it's really hard to imagine. As it says at the beginning of the passage, God was testing Abraham in the area of obedience. Will he obey? Will he take his most precious earthly possession, the son he loves, and offer him as a sacrifice? Will he obey? We could ask that of ourselves. Will we obey God when he asks difficult things of us? When he asks of us things perhaps that we don't understand? What we learn from Avraham is that without hesitation, he begins to do what God told him to do. He didn't wait a week. He didn't say, God, let me pray and fast for a month. He got up the next morning and immediately, without hesitation, obeyed God. He takes his son, his one and only son, on a journey to sacrifice him, as God said. It would be pretty hard for us to confess to God about obedience after that example. Even though Abraham does not hesitate to obey, I'm sure there was some initial heart-crushing perplexity that filled his soul in the thought of offering his son. With that said, he obeyed all the same. Obedience always brings blessings, even when we don't understand what to make of what is asked of us. And I think that's the key lesson to really grasp. Often we think we need to understand what God is asking of us. Yet that's not what we read. He simply obeyed, really not totally understanding what God had in mind. Obedience, in this case, as in many other scriptural examples, means to obey in light of the request appearing to go against what God has promised. I mean, after all, God, you just gave me this son. God, I waited so long for this promise, and now you're asking for it back. In this instance, God promised Avraham, a son, and posterity. And now God wants him to offer his son as a sacrifice. In our relationship with God, we will find that obedience is seldom easy. It requires us to do things that seem counterintuitive to our very nature. Yet, as in this story... When we fight through our natural tendencies and obey God, the ending is always a happy one. So through Avraham's obedience, God would teach him several lessons. One, that the one true God is not like the gods that Avraham grew up with. In contrast, he is compassionate and puts the highest value on human life. Secondly, he reveals that when obeyed, he alone is the provider for his people. And we'll revisit that a little later. The next lesson we learn is that our faith or emunah must be exercised. 
Scriptural faith is seen, hear this, in corresponding action. Right? Scriptural faith is seen in our actions. Not merely our words. It's easy to say words, right? Even easy to say words back to God that you know he wants to hear. Abraham could have said, yes, God, I will obey. And waited a day or, a, or two or perhaps a week or perhaps even longer. Faith is seen in our actions. You see, in this passage... Abraham does not simply give God lip service, but he immediately begins to act upon what God said. It says, so Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. He split the wood for the burnt offering. He got up and went to the place about which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Wow, he immediately begins to act. So think about this. For three days, he's living with the command to sacrifice his son. He's intent on obeying God the whole way. How can he do this? Simply put, he trusted God. He had faith in God that God was going to show himself strong and bring forth a miraculous outcome. Do we have that faith in God? Do we have that faith in God when perhaps he asks things of us that seem beyond us? Do we have that faith in God that he is going to bring forth a miraculous outcome and we'll trust him no matter what? Although we're told it's a test in this passage, for Abraham, God's command was totally real. God didn't tell him it was a test. He thought this is actually what God wanted him to do. It was appalling emotionally and theologically for Isaac. All the promises of blessing depended upon him for fulfillment. And torn between love for his child and obedience to God, Abraham faced agonizing choices. Step by step, faith and hope triumphed over fear and doubt until the knife was raised To slay his son. In this way, he showed he was willing to put God's call above every other commitment and emotional attachment. And at that moment, the test ended. He had passed with flying colors. Carson had that reflection on that passage. So think about that. But here's the lesson. The same is true in our lives. The king of the universe calls us to obedience that manifests itself through a life of faith. The Akidah is the greatest test that Avraham ever faced. The main lesson is obedient faith that overcomes in life's trials. Avraham teaches us how to face and handle the tests of life to the glory of God. There's no doubt that in the next 10 days and beyond, as this new year gets going, that you and I will be tested many times. What will our response be to God's testing? Consider five simple principles. Expect 
tests from God. Expect them. Focus on the promises, not explanations. Depend on God's provision. Seek to glorify God and look forward to what God has for you after the test has been passed. That's what Avraham did, and when we do that, we will be successful. The last lesson we learned from the Akidah is really, I think, the, what we look forward to through this holiday season is the miracle of mercy. How many are glad that God is a merciful God? Remember how our story started. It said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. Now, don't overlook that, that, that section. Offer him as a burnt offering. A burnt offering was the complete destruction of the sacrifice in an effort to renew the relationship between a holy God and sinful man. God revealed to Avraham, as well as to us, that he is active in the life of his people. As Avraham raises his hand to slay his son, it says, But the angel of Adonai called from heaven and said, Avraham, Avraham. And he said, Hineni. Then he said, Do not reach out your hand against the young man. Do nothing to him at all. For now I know that you are one who fears God. You did not withhold your son, your only son, from me. Then Avraham lifted up his eyes, and behold, there was a ram just caught in the thick bushes by its horns. By the way, that is why we blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. It's in honor of that ram that God provided. And as we blow that shofar, we are declaring what? One of the things is, yes, the kingship of God, but we're remembering the great mercy of God. As we go into the ten days of all, not with fear and trepidation, we remember that God... The God of Israel is a merciful God, slow to anger, and rich in love and faithfulness. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. Abraham named that place Adonai Yireh. I want to say that he is Adonai Yireh for you today. He is Adonai Yireh for you through these 10 days of awe and through the weeks ahead and the year ahead that he is the God who provides for us. There's an important lesson here because in the first point we emphasize the obedience of Abraham, right? And we marvel at Abraham's total obedience without hesitation, without delay. But there's something to note here that Abraham's obedience was not capable in and of itself. His good works were not good enough. God needed to step in and God himself needed to provide the sacrifice. You see, the mercy of God is seen in the Akidah as well as man's weakness. Even though Abraham obeyed God's instructions, it was God himself who would provide atonement by sending the ram. 
man's righteousness was and is not enough. In our learning to trust and obey God, we must allow him to provide for our atonement and every other aspect of our lives. Now, the sages tell us that the Torah may be interpreted in four different ways. The literal approach, which is the Peshat, a hint where it hints at something, which is remez, exposition, or a drash, which is a drash, and the, a secret meaning, which is known as sod. So what do we see in the Akidah? We see a clue left by God that unravels a secret, a sod, that points to what would happen in the future, that God himself would provide his only son as a means of deliverance to our people and to the nations. Matter of fact, Shaul in the Brit Kadashah calls it a mystery that God revealed at the end of the age. Consider the similarities between the Akidah and the sacrifice of Yeshua. The Brit Kadashah uses the same language to speak of the sacrifice of Yeshua. God was sacrificing his one and only son. In, you know, reminiscent of Psalm 2 and Yochanan 1.14, the son whom he loved. And just as Yeshua carried the wooden beam for his execution, Yitzhak carried the wood that would be used for his sacrifice. Both were beloved of their father. Many other parallels exist between the two accounts. One of the most notable However, is that when Yitzhak asked about the animal for the offering, Avraham responded that God himself would provide a lamb, right? God indeed stopped Avraham from going through the sacrifice of Yitzhak and provided an animal substitute. But the animal was a ram, not a lamb. Avraham's word to Yitzhak was a prophetic word fulfilled by Yeshua on the same mountain. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world was provided for by God. I said earlier that God often looks for our obedience and faith even when it seems counterintuitive. That God would send the Messiah to die in our place. In so doing, fulfilling the promise of atonement for Israel and the entire world might seem challenging to grasp for some. But remember, when God asked Abraham to sacrifice his only son, it was equally as hard to grasp for him. And though our Jewish people may not grasp, why would God choose to bring atonement this way through Yeshua, the Messiah. It doesn't make it invalid. It just makes it, it puts the onus on us to trust God in his wisdom. In these last days, in the Acharit Yamim, God has directed us to the Lamb of God, Yeshua. For God so loved the world that he gave his only and unique son so that everyone who trusts in him may have eternal life instead of being utterly destroyed. 
For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but rather so that through him the world might be saved. I close with saying this, that God wants each one of us to experience the same mercy as Abraham. And he wants us to receive the provision he provided in Messiah Yeshua. God has revealed to us within the scriptures in so many places over 200 messianic prophecies about the Messiah that were fulfilled in Yeshua. God is saying, trust me, just like he said to Abraham, trust me because I have provided the lamb which I spoke about thousands of years ago and his name is Yeshua HaMashiach. Let's just bow our hearts and for a second and I just want to tell you that if you're in this room today and you have never heard that or never considered Yeshua as being the Messiah or you've never really fully put your trust in God to believe in the son that he provided for the atonement of your sins this is a good time to consider it it's a good time to receive it And to believe God for it. I want to tell you that God loves you so much. That he did not withhold his son. But offered him as a sacrifice. For the sins of mankind. And all you need to do is just freely receive it. By faith. Avinu Malkeinu our father and our king. I ask you Lord that you would speak to each heart. Concerning your son Yeshua that you would show them and that they would open their heart to consider and embrace him as their Messiah and they would receive final atonement for their sins. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Amen.